Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. It causes an eternal urgency as well, a desire for you want to want to share your faith with other people, to um, literally take the gospel and share it like it's gossip, maybe over your fence or through social media, through texting, wherever it is, to want to share the gospel because when you understand eternity and you understand these judgments, there is no coming back. And really the only reason that we have the opportunity right now is because God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Unlike any other time, people are asking the question, is the end near? We have wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters, pandemics, and persecution. In this series, Pastor Philip is going to dive deep into the topic of end times as we study the book of Revelation, 1 Thessalonians, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and many other biblical prophecies. What we will find in this series is that Christians should not be scared of the end but recognize God is bringing all things to a perfect ending. Please enjoy the message. Now, many, 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 many years ago in 1999, (laughs) there was a television show that was entitled Early Edition. And in this particular show, this gentleman would receive a newspaper that would have tomorrow's headlines. It would have the next day's news. And whenever he would receive this newspaper, naturally he would know what the weather was going to be. He would know who was going to win the big baseball game or basketball game or football game. But then he would also know if there was going to be some sort of tragedy or significant event that was going to take place. And so if he saw that three children died in a fire in a house, then he would set out that particular day, which is before the event actually took place, to try to resolve that issue, to keep those uh, children or whoever it was from losing their life. He would try to help them, assist them, because he wanted to influence what it was that was going on. That newspaper had tomorrow's headlines in it. And with that idea in mind, uh, over these few weeks, last week, today, and then even we're going to do it not next week since Mother's Day. We don't want to talk about uh, the end of time and Armageddon on Mother's Day. Just didn't seem like a good fit. So the next week, we're going to circle back around and keep talking about this topic of God's perfect ending to all things. But as you consider biblical prophecy, that is tomorrow's headlines. And as you evaluate what's happening in our current headlines, and even in past headlines, whether those headlines would have said the rapid progression of papal power, or perhaps it was the state of Israel being born, as you consider these different headlines, there's a tendency, a desire to want to evaluate what exactly is going on in our world, filtering it through what's happening with what the Bible says, and then trying to understand it as in God's plan for all things and how he's working those plans out. Someone has even said, I heard just this past week, that there's 30%, 30% of the Bible is prophecy. And the majority of that is specifically things that haven't yet happened yet. And so as you evaluate different scriptures, like we're going to look at today, Daniel 9, and then you also have Ezekiel 38, 39, then you have Revelation 19, 20, 21, you have these passages of scripture, and then there's many, many others that speak towards the future. You try to understand what exactly does it all mean? Well, there's two primary ways to understand 
uh, biblical prophecy. And one of those is an amillennial view, which is primarily figurative or spiritual in nature. So an amillennial view, as you sort through these different prophecies of the Bible, would say that 144,000 people that you read about in Revelation is the totality of redeemed believers. It's just a very figurative number. Israel represents the church. The millennial kingdom represents the church age. The Antichrist is anyone who denies Christ or the truth of Christ. And then there's the other view primarily, which is the premillennial view. And the 144,000 is Jewish Christian missionaries who come to faith at the beginning of the tribulation. Israel represents the Jews. The millennial kingdom is a literal 1,000-year reign of Christ. And the Antichrist is the future leader with Satan's spirit indwelling uh, him or her or that individual, that person. And so that's the two primary views. And the perspective that we are taking through our study is more of the premillennial view. Now, with that in mind, if you looked at a chart on the amillennial view, you'd have the church age, Christ's second coming, judgment, and then there's an eternal future or an eternal damnation. If you, again, look at the scriptures more literally, you end up with several, seven specifically, major prophetic events. You have the church age, then there's a rapture, a snatching away, a tribulation of seven years that all culminates in Armageddon, an Armageddon battle that is highlighted by Christ's second coming. Then there's a millennial of a thousand years and ultimately a white throne judgment and an eternity future with Christ and a new heavens and a new earth. It's quite, it's quite a progression of events that are going to take place in the future. But if you want to understand, again, what the Bible literally says and how it can literally affect your life, this is a major part of the Bible, significant portion of Scripture. I'm going to give you two application points here early on. The first one is this. The reason that we study this uh, prophetic events is it makes more sense. It helps you to make more sense of the Bible. It helps you to understand why so much of it is allocated towards prophetic future events. Also, another reason is because it promotes holy living. It'll help you to want to live a godly life. As, as one of my mentors said to me, he was very uh, challenged, convicted, guided by the idea of Christ's second coming because he didn't literally, this is what he said, he didn't want to get caught with his pants down. So that helped him to live a holier life, <laughs> ultimately before he would get married, as he would consider Christ's second coming. But as you consider that, it does affect the way that you live your life. And then it also causes an eternal, it causes an eternal urgency as well. A desire for you want to want to share your faith with other people. To um, literally take the gospel and share it like it's gossip, maybe over your fence or through social media, through texting, wherever it is, to want to share the gospel. Because when you understand eternity and you understand these judgments, there is no coming back. And really the only reason that we have the opportunity right now is because God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. And so as we understand these prophetic events in time scripture better, then it causes us to really align our lives more and more so with, with God's will. And so with that in mind, I'm going to do a brief review of what we covered last week. Just briefly, I'm going to run through a few different scriptures, and then we're going to cover the rest of our notes. So if you didn't catch last week's message, you can go online and check it out there. But otherwise, we're going to run ahead and get the second half of our notes done pretty quickly. So the first part that you need to understand of, a sequ of these events is the church age, and that is what we are in now. The church age was created because Israel rejected Christ. Now, that has caused Christians through the years, through the ages, 
to look down on the Jewish people, to have a certain conceit. But what God did is he said, all right, I'm gonna pause my plan on Israel and that's still gonna get fulfilled and we'll talk about when all that's gonna happen. And now I'm gonna focus on all the rest of the nations. God has always had a heart for the nations. And so that is what we get to experience now as Gentiles getting to receive the gospel message of Jesus. Paul wrote of this in Romans 11. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery because people, even as I say that, you're probably like, ah, I'm not so sure about that. That doesn't quite make sense. It didn't make a lot of sense to them in this day either. But Paul is explaining why this tension exists and how it can be resolved. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers and sisters, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced a hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. We don't know what that number is. God does know who will ultimately believe. He does know who will ultimately place their faith in Christ. Whenever that number is fulfilled, then that is one of those trigger points for Christ returning. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. As far as the gospel is concerned, though, they are enemies for your sake. In other words, don't look down on them. Don't be conceited about the fact that you believe the Jewish people have not believed yet. Instead, understand that because they didn't believe, the gospel has now been has now become available to all of us in this church age. And then that leads up ultimately to what's known as the rapture of the church, the snatching away of believers. Uh, Thessalonians says that this and says this in chapter four of God's word for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel archangel with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first after that we who are still alive or left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now, what you have to understand here is this church in Thessalonica was struggling as many of us struggle. They were struggling with how to understand end times. They were struggling with how to understand biblical prophecy, how to understand what God was going to do. And so Paul wrote them these encouraging words. And he said, one day Christ is going to come. He doesn't totally set his feet on this earth, so it's not an official second coming. He's in the clouds, and we are called up to him. Now, 
it's not going to be something that lasts for several seconds and you see somebody gradually elevating into the clouds. That's not the way it works. It's not even going to be in the blink of an eye. It's within nanoseconds of what one person would say, our eyes process light. It happens that quickly with the disappearance of literally probably hundreds of millions of people. And that's going to cause a great disturbance in the world, which is what's going to trigger the next event, which is the tribulation. Now, I'm going to camp out here for just a moment because I didn't spend a lot of time on this last week. But if you look at Daniel chapter 9, there's something there that's known as the 77s. And the 77s are 490 years. And I'm going to take a few minutes to explain to you the seven years because the tribulation, biblically speaking, is supposed to last for seven years from this premillennial view. I'm going to read to you from Daniel now. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgressions, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. This seventy-sevens inaugurates a millennial kingdom. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, which is... Artaxerxes issuing a decree to a man known as a man named Nehemiah to go back to Jerusalem to begin to rebuild the city and reestablish the temple there and the sacrifices and, and all that went along with that. From the time that that decree was issued to the anointed one, which is Jesus, the ruler comes, there will be seven sevens which is 49 years, and 62 sevens, uh, which I won't do the quick math on that, but essentially it all adds up to 483 years. Okay, I know you're tracking great with me. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. And the 62 sevens, the anointed one, will be put to death and will have nothing. So 483 years from the time Artaxerxes issued a decree to the time that Jesus died, This is what this is in reference to. The people of the ruler who will come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. So he talks, so so now he's beginning to transition into future events. So you've got 483 years that have gone. This was the rejection of Jesus Christ. So now, like I described it to you last week, I'll describe it this way again. If you're in in a more competitive chess game, you have a clock. And the purpose of that clock is to keep track of the amount of time it takes you to make different moves. When you make your move, you hit the clock, the clock stops. The other clock starts. So when Israel rejected Christ, bam, the clock stopped. 483 years. So there's still seven years left, according to Daniel's Daniel 9 prophecy, to be fulfilled, which we will see in the tribulation. Now how and what exactly is that seven years meant to consist of? The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and the desolation, sorry, the desolations have been decreed. He will confirm, he being the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many, with many for one seven. One seven is seven years. All right. In the so he, so so the Antichrist is going to have a peace treaty with Israel. Israel is going to be allowed to rebuild the temple. There's going to be sacrifices that are then going to be uh, reinitiated to where the Jewish people can then sacrifice in Jerusalem. They'll be able to do this for in the middle for three and a half years. And at that point, the Antichrist is going to say, "I don't need you all anymore. I don't want you anymore." 
And he will put an end to the sacrifices and the offerings that have been taking place. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation, which in other words will be a statue of himself to be worshiped until the end that is decreed is poured out on him, which will ultimately culminate in what is Armageddon. Now that's a whole lot. I'll show you this quick little graph that, that'll talk through it a little bit. You have Daniel receiving his vision and then Artaxerxes' command or, to go back to Jerusalem, rebuild around 445 BC. And then you start adding up all the years. And then after 483 years, you have the time in which Christ is being put to death. At that point, everything is put on a pause. And right now we are in his church age and we're waiting on a snatching away as the Bible says, which is the rapture, we're waiting on this tribulation after that to then begin, which you can imagine there's going to be quite a disruption when hundreds of millions of people and a panic all of a sudden seemingly disappear. Now, the purpose of that will be the redemption of Israel primarily, but then others will still come to faith in this time as well through the 144,000 that you read about in Revelation that have come to faith in Christ. And also with this, the tribulation will, will bring about a great condemnation of unbelievers. And then all of that, again, will culminate in a great battle that's known as Armageddon. If you read the Bible, there's 200 million armed soldiers that are going to be coming from the east towards Jerusalem. And they are going to come that way to sack Jerusalem. Now, some have said it's a nation that currently exists. Maybe. I don't know if it's Russia. I would doubt it. It could be China, they actually have the numbers of people that could, that could accomplish this from the east. My opinion is, is it's probably going to be an Islamic army that comes from the east towards Jerusalem, 200 million soldiers to take back this holy land of theirs as well. But all of that will culminate before there's, ever, before there's ever a defeat by either side in Jesus Christ returning, and that battle will be over. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, we wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. And that will be his coming that truly will establish his kingdom. This is what it says in Revelation 19. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. 
With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe, dripped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And so there will be judgment that takes place here. Everyone at this point that does not believe in Jesus Christ will be judged. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that is what's going to happen in that moment. There's going to be a separation, the sheeps and the goats. There's going to be those that believe that will be ushered into the millennial kingdom. And everybody who doesn't, you're going to be off into Hades. You're going to go into Sheol. You, there is going to be an, a damnation that you're going to experience at that particular point. And now there's going to be then a millennial reign that is established. A literal 1,000 year reign that Christ will sit on a throne. And this is what Revelation 20 tells us about that millennial reign. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss. And holding in his hand a great chain, he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He then threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over with him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. And after that, he must be set free for a short time. Now, why is it that there is a millennial reign? And why is it that Satan was not just immediately vanquished whenever Jesus returned. Well, the main reason is that God is a man of his word and he is faithful to his promises, specifically the Abrahamic promises that he gave Abraham in the book of Genesis. And those promises were specifically a land promise that would be fulfilled, completely fulfilled. That promise has never been fulfilled yet. They, they have a nation, they are put in a place, but they have not been able to totally occupy that land completely. There is the descendant ruling the world, who is Christ. And then the world will experience peace and prosperity beyond anything that we have ever experienced or imagined. Isaiah 11 says, describes it this way. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. The wolf will live with the lamb, then the leopard will lie down with the goat. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It is going to be an incredible and an amazing time. But there's a catch with the millennial kingdom, is that people are still going to be born during it. And those people who are born over a thousand years, and you can just imagine how much our population as a world has grown over the last thousand years. Thousand years. Billions of people, billions of people more exist in our world today. Some of those people born won't believe and follow Jesus. Instead, they'll reject him. And in doing that, they will be following Satan. And so what that will all lead to is another great battle in which God's holy city is going to be surrounded and the people that are against Jesus are going to come up against them once Satan is unbound and released at the end of that thousand years. All the promises are fulfilled, but there are still people that are against Jesus. And then what does all that bring about? Well, that's going to bring us to what's known as the great white 
throne of judgment. That Jesus is going to return, the armies of Gog and Magog are going to be destroyed, and with that destruction, there is going to be a judgment, and the great white throne of judgment is specifically on people who don't believe in Jesus. And what is one of the great indicators of people who don't believe in Jesus? Well, it's that you are depending on yourself, and you are depending on how good you are, and you are depending on what you have done. And so that's what you'll be judged on. And I'll tell you, as a man who does believe in Jesus, I'm pretty grateful that I don't have to worry about that because I know what I've done and I know things I've thought and I know things I've said and I know lines that I've went past that I shouldn't have gone past and I don't have to worry about what I've done because I'm focused on what Jesus has done for me and it's his grace and mercy that helped me to avoid this judgment. Now, I don't know where you are. I know where many of you are, but maybe there's some of you that that's not where you are. But this is still a judgment seat that you're going to have to go before and bow. And everything that's ever been a part of your life, you're going to have to lay bare to him. And you know what? He has a pretty high bar because of this. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.